The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to a Came From the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me once again via social distancing and probably for the foreseeable future. We have none other than Dominic Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Sperano. I feel so far away from you, Mark. And, well, we're, we're close in heart. We're close in heart. And we have none other than the life with Jenner G's, Jen Elise Feldy. I'm enjoying social distancing. Hi, guys. Our what senior up? correspondent is uh, Charlie. Sal- our senior correspondent Charlie Saladino is extra social distancing, and he may join us before the end of this segment, but probably not. We need to just <laughs> say he's like on super secret um, probation, double probation, probation. super secret uh, <laughs> show business. So it sounds like he's being productive. Well, yes. he's just following the social mandate, social mandate, distancing yeah. mandates. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> playing by just, the rules. What's funny is I was just talking to someone on Skype. And I watch them like sanitize their hands. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, is that what it's come to? We're even hand sanitizing via Skype calls now? Yep. yep. Oh, my goodness. Everybody got the cootie. That's what we got to be. We got to be safe. So on this I'm going week, for germs. <laughs> I'm this, going for the more germs, the, the better. Okay, continue. My, every time we sanitize, my lady and I, she's like, what kind of superbug are we breeding now? Mm-hmm. So on this week's show... We're going to have uh, Pronto Comic, Dominic Definition Mansperano, with his uh, comic pick of the week. We have another Jaybird and Lee segment. And from the podcast Rogue Wave, we have an interview with uh, a former co-host of ours, uh, Hassan Godwin. Um, but before we do any of that, let's take it away with the news. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we're celebrating over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. And if everything goes according to plan, their next convention will be on May 1st and May 2nd of 2021. And we want to give a shout out for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director and new father, Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, and The Huracan, which is a convention in a church in Long Island. If you guys want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com and uh, look up the King Fun Radio in the search bar, and just for a dollar, you can get your own little shout-out. Congratulations to uh, Jared <laughs> for having a child. Well, I don't think he had the child. <laughs> He was part of the process. Yes, yes. One could say he began the process. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and it was cool of him to be there at, at the process. Uh, finishing the end up. process, yeah. The end right. of the process. Good, yeah. good job. Um, it's no longer that she is pregnant. It's now that we are pregnant. So, you know. Uh, all right. <laughs> Am so, I wrong? Isn't that what they say now? <laughs> I try to stay out of all baby talk. It scares me. Right. I don't. I don't blame you. It's my phobia. I don't blame you. <laughs> so let's start off with the sad news, as we always do. Yeah. Um, trapeze artist, dancer, hairdresser, astrologer, and wrestling writer Jacqueline Jackie Francis Stallone died recently. As of this recording, no cause of death has been announced. 
uh, Jackie published a series of astrology books, starting her own psychic hotline, and wrote some storylines for and was a character on the 80s wrestling program Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. In addition to all that, Jackie had her own cosmetic line of facial masks. Um, of note, she is the mother of Sylvester and the lesser-known Frank Salone, and she appeared on a British reality show, Celebrity Big Brother, in 2005 and was voted out of the house after just four days. I was kind of First hoping- of all, <laughs> yes. Frank Stallone is a star within his own right, <laughs> sir. Okay, but well, he's still he, a lesser-known. He is slightly lesser-known. All right. But, you know, hell of a um, singer. Very good I, singer. Yes, uh, I love that song. Far From Over is one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, I was hoping Charlie would be here to talk about it because you know he was around in her height. Um, but yeah, she's she's done a, a whole lot of stuff. Oh yeah, and, yeah, you know, like mother, like son, because you know parents set the example for the children and showing them whether you know they can create their own lives or take the victim mentality. So clearly, she forged her own path, and just like her son Sylvester Stallone, yeah, and Frank cool. Stallone. The lesser-known Frank Stallone. <laughs> That's what he's going to be known from now on. It's the oh, lesser-known Frank Stallone. What, what I always remember at least about <laughs> Frank Stallone was like how he was always a go-to joke for Norm Macdonald on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yes. Like, uh, of course, you, and you know it, Frank Stallone. And just picture of like Frank Stallone in the 80s. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, she was a – I can't even say young. She was 98. She was just 98. Uh, that's, just, that's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's not young. That's like – Really impressive. That's that's like even past Spry. She's just yeah. she's just ninety eight. <laughs> she was an existing ninety eight. <laughs> yeah. Um, more sad news, which is actually our last bit of sad news this week. Yay! Uh, yay, yay! for the sad news. Yeah. Yay for the sad news being yay over. Yay for the end. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, actor Michael Edward Lunsdale Crouch also died recently, and at this, this recording, once again, no cause of death has been announced. Michael is perhaps best known as the villain Hugo Drax in the 1979 James Bond film Moonraker with Roger Moore. Oh. Um, in addition to the aforementioned role, Michael appeared in such films as... <clears throat> here we go. It Happened in Aiden, Adorable Liar, Behold a Pale Horse, Your Money or Your Life, Is Paris Burning, The Bride Wore Black, Hibernauts, the Old Maid, The Day of the Jackal, Phantom of Liberty, The Suspects, The Accuser, The Passage, The Bunker, Chariots of Fire, The Judge, The Name of the Rose, Remains of the Day, Jefferson in Paris, The Mystery of the Yellow Rose, Bye Bye Blackbird, and The First, The Last, just to name a few. Ooh. Um, yes? No, he, I remember seeing him in the Robert De Niro movie Ronin and going like, oh, that's the guy from Moonraker. Yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> he's that guy. And like he was the it was interesting because he's the guy in the movie who explains what the term Ronin means to have a master to be a masterless samurai. Ooh. Um, yeah, that's what it means. Like you the for, there's the legend of the 47 Ronin who had their master killed and then went underground, sought vengeance over a series of years, finally got it and then all committed ritual suicide. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, so but that's what Ronin means. You're masterless. You're a masterless samurai. You you're roaming, you're you're roaming the countryside. Well, now hey. I know why my friend made her named her child Ronin. I was wondering about that. There you go. <laughs> go off to the world. <laughs> um, of note, Michael reprised his role of Hugo for the video game uh, 007 Legends. Oh. Uh, so he was a uh, he gets to be spry. He was a spry eighty nine. That's pretty good. Eighty nine is a damn damn good run. 
Not as good as 98. Pretty good. Not as good as He worked hard. Now he can rest in peace. Yes, 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 he did. What is with this, like, your work is done, enjoy your rest? How do we know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they, they've been saying this about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like, her, her work is done. She has earned her rest. How do you know she's resting? Well, it's, 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 it's the term, rest in peace. That's just what yeah, they say. It's also part of the American culture and narrative that in order to have peace and to rest, we have to earn it. That's why a lot of people are burnt out and tired. You know, in the health profession, we talk about this a lot. So mm. I feel like that's part of that narrative. You know, you gotta go, you gotta earn it. You can't just rest. Oh no, oh no, don't just rest for nothing. You better earn that. Oh, so right. speaking of earning, for the next bit of news, uh, from the if no one watches it, did they actually win department? According to the Nielsen's ratings, this year's Emmys was the lowest rated in its history, with an average viewership of just one point. Two with adults uh, 18 to 49, and 6.1 million viewers in total. To put things into perspective, this is down 25% from last year, which was the previous record holder, which in and of itself was down 33% from the year before that. Um, executives are putting a partial blame on the ongoing pandemic, which caused the cancellation of the red carpet pre-show, as well as this being the first time in Emmy's history that it went up against Sunday Night Football and the NBA playoffs at the same time. Yeah. Did you guys First of watch all, it? I was not I was never gonna watch it anyway, but second of all, having just seen some of it, it's like why do I want to watch rich people getting awards in their house, in their mansion? Like I, I it's like why do I want to watch this? Why would I even care about this? We did a whole show about award shows and you know, we've we've discussed our opinions on award shows in and of themselves. Yeah, we but... all have the same opinion. They suck. <laughs> did you see it, Jennifer? No, I mean, I look at the Emmys the same way I look at fitness competitions lately. I don't care about the judges. Who are the judges? And I don't care about the qualifications. I don't even want to fit into them. So, no. Zero is just in fitting into the standards and the people who uh, try to see if you fit into those standards. So, Out of curiosity, what are the qualifications for a fitness competition now? Um, it, it used yeah, it to be, be when I was, I was going to compete, it used to be, you know, super low body fat, crazy, crazy ripped, very muscular. And it's like, I don't really want to look like that. And also if you do hire a coach, which I've hired two coaches, they give you a lot of different supplements that are probably not healthy and uh, mm. change your hormones a little bit. And it's like, why would you want to be that ripped anyway? I don't even want to, I don't, I don't even want to be that rep. So I, I quit. Oh, I fair enough. Yeah. Um, you're probably healthier for it. Definitely. I yeah, remember, it's very dangerous. I remember, so yeah. When you say fitness competition, you mean like a bodybuilding sort of right, thing? Like okay. The, yeah. I mean, three, okay. three of my trainer friends died. The owner of ALR Industries, who I worked for, he died. And my one of two trainers I ever hired, he died. So people are not healthy in this industry. Wow. The health industry is um, not healthy, is what you're saying? Not the fitness industry. No, the health no. industry, maybe a fitness industry is a mess. Yeah, I worked in the in a in the gym in a gym for twelve years. I know. Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last Emmys I ever saw was many years ago, where they it was uh, so poorly watched. I guess it's not poorly watched as it is now, but they had a designated uh, award recipient, so that way. If the person didn't show up, which a lot of people weren't showing up, a lot of celebrities weren't showing up, the same guy used to come out. And it was Tony Danza who used to come out and collect all the Emmys of all the people who won. So that was kind of funny. Good for Tony. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Um, Who's the boss? Yes. He's the boss. Hey, there you go. Yeah. We know who the boss was that night. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the Emmys, from the 
Yes, it still counts for us, department. As mentioned in a previous program, the HBO series Watchmen was up for a slew of Emmys. Uh, now that the awards have been given out, Watchmen walked away with 11 out of 26 that it was nominated for, winning Best Actress in a Limited Series, Best Supporting Actor, Best Writing in a Limited Series, Best Music Composition uh, for a Limited Series, Best um, Cinematography for a Limited Series, Best Casting for a Limited Series, which is kind of a weird award. You casted the best people. And the Best Fantasy Sci-Fi Costumes, just to name a few. Well, that's great, but in this culture, people are probably going to boycott them and say, why isn't it watch women? <laughs> watch men, watch women. Oh gender, gender-free, <laughs> you know? I'm sure someone's going to have a problem. Probably just be canceled. I'm sure there are a lot of people that watch that show that don't even understand, like, where it, where it came from. Like, they don't – they probably thought it was based off of the, the movie that was terrible but they never read the comic. They had no idea who Alan Moore, re, you know, writing the comic and they had no idea that it came from the phrase who watches the watchman, right. i.e. who's policing the police because mm. in within watchmen, that's what the superheroes are doing there. You know, who's going to keep these people in check. Um, Often we consider them the supervillains. So did you actually watch the series? Either of you two? I watched, Ooh. I watched watchmen. Yeah. So did it deserve eleven of the twenty-six uh, Emmys? Was it was um, it a good show? Basically, it was. It was a. I thought it was a good show. I thought it was very much as close to Alan Moore's writing as one could get for a sequel. Okay. It actually made some more sense. Some of their twists, for instance, making uh, Hooded Justice a black man who got lynched and survived. It makes a lot more sense of why he's wearing a freaking lynch rope around his neck in a hood huh. so they they explained a fair amount of backstory in it which was i thought really good the word i had heard was that the artist that was on the book was like a consulting producer or something like that so he probably was able to keep it as close to alan moore's vision as possible but everyone also knows alan moore if you're into comics that he hates hollywood he hates his stuff being um turned, into, turned anything, into, yeah. into TV or movies. But the word was that he thought it wasn't bad. So my, my questioning is this. So in the By old way, days... If Alan Moore says he thought... If, if it's true that Alan Moore thought it wasn't bad... That's really darn good. That's really impressive. So my, my, my point in this is that this was a cable show, right? Right. And shows were been nominated, which are on Netflix also, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I remember back in the old days, it was the Oscars, and then they're like, well, what about TV shows and TV movies? Well, oh, that's, that's for Emmys. Mm-hmm. So it was separate. But then uh, they had their own cable award shows because you couldn't consider cable shows to be part of the Emmys because it's not fair. Right, right. Cable but Ace now, Awards, right? right. Well, it used to be Ace Awards, then it was like a legal thing, then it became the Cable Ace Awards. Right. But the question is now, on Netflix, on streaming services, you can have Emmys and Oscar nominations, mm-hmm. but... Isn't that like defeating the whole purpose of keeping it separate? Well, I mean, you have people like Spielberg and I think oh, not, was, not Scorsese it was, anymore. It was Spielberg, yeah. I've, I've it was heard Spielberg it, who's like, like, these aren't real films. And then I guess the argument got lost the moment Scorsese decided to do The Irishman last year. Yes. And because then, it's like, hey, it's Scorsese. If Scorsese thinks that this is a viable medium, who are we going to argue? 
but it's just yeah. so weird that you can have now a channel, which it is a right. channel that has movies that can be eligible for Oscars and TV and shows. I mean, yeah, that's mind-boggling. And think like NBC's like, hey, what about us? Or the CBS is like, hey, what? What? Are, we need to have our own streaming service so we can get Oscars. And they do. Yeah. Now they have Peacock yeah. and yeah. CBS All Access. Um, I heard someone someone put forth this theory that like you know you have the TV cable bundles. Yeah. You know, if you want to have History Channel, well, you also have to have HGTV and like 20 things. Right. And you're like, well, I just want the History Channel. Um, so now they're saying like, now that's all a la carte and it's starting to happen that you have Netflix, and you have Amazon, you have all these streaming services that eventually someone's just going to start bundling them again and we're just yeah. going to create the wheel. Yeah. And Disney's already doing that because they're like, oh, but you can have Disney Plus, Hulu and ESPN Plus bundled together for a low price. It's and it's a- like, oh. You know, it, the new there's only one true un um, un exhaustible resource, and that is data and content. Mm. And they mine your data to make content that people just want to watch, and that's mm. where like everyone's running to in terms of money. So, so it's actually uh, well funny that you bring this up because from the next bit of news, from the you thought you were a monopoly before department. Um, recently, Disney lost and an, Disney launched an enormous wave of products celebrating the upcoming second season of Star Wars: The Mandalorian. Uh, one of those products, the who? The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Who? Oh, <laughs> I a, thought you're talking about Amanda. Come on. That's 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 the secret. Okay. Um, this, is, this is the way. The, is the way. one of the products was a full-blown Mandalorian edition of Monopoly. In this version of the game, your goal is to protect the Baby Yoda from Imperial enemies. You can play as the Mandalorian, Cara Dune. Um, IG-11, or as, I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, Kulil? Kulil? K-U-I-I-L? You're seeing the Mandalorian. What's that? I, I'm trying to think who K-U-I-I-L? that is. K-U-I-I-L? That might be um, what Carl Weathers' character. Okay, so uh, Apollo Creed. Apollo um, Creed, yeah. For each of those, you have a unique special ability. The abilities plus the child's ability can be utilized when you pass or land on a child's face. Uh, the player with the most Imperial credits wins, but if Imperial enemy gets in the child, the game is over for everyone. That said, the game includes an incinerator stormtrooper, a death trooper, Moff Gideon, enemy tokens that can quote-unquote change the gameplay to lead battles. By the way, the fact that Carl Weathers is now in the Star Wars universe, tell me that's not even more confusing because didn't you didn't everyone at one point in their life get um Carl Weathers confused with Lando? I didn't. Bit, just a little bit at some not point. Even like close. you're a kid, you don't know, and you're just like Billy D. Williams, Carl Weathers, they had you know, they were both handsome gentlemen with great mustaches and you're just kind of like i think i think that was just you dominic did you think that they were both handsome gentlemen with uh interesting mustaches jen you know it sounds like you are speaking japanese or mandarin so i don't really know what's going on i don't know what happened to you (laughs) i don't know what's going on there it's i'm a little are you speaking mandarin this doesn't make any sense to me i'm trying to follow along what the hell happened Dude, you brought her into the show. I, I did. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. In addition to that, a new book, The Art of the Mandalorian, has been released as, uh, as well as its own Marvel comic, a coloring book, activity book, a magazine, and a children's storybook. So, uh, yeah. This that's is a, the that's way. That's, they say that on the show all the time. This is oh. the way. See, and you're the only one that has seen that between the three of us. I know. And I have spoken. Okay. So whenever you do a, uh, anything about the Mandalorian, you should finish it with, I have spoken. Or this is the way. The fans right. will appreciate it, Mark. So, Dominic, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I'm telling you, this is your dude. This oh. is your job now, man. 
So moving on to the next bit of news. I've already said, this is the way. I have spoken. I put it out there. There, there we go. I have spoken. See, there today. you go. Good job. There you go. So for the last... With, with that voice, she should be talking about chalky milk and chicken nuggies. Uh, no speaking idea about my granddaughter. I talk a lot about my granddaughter, Jennifer. I have no idea what the hell is going on right now. Dude. Um, for the last bit of news... It was your call, man. <laughs> last, last bit of news. From the Dynamite Department... Uh, Netflix has announced that they are teaming up with none other than Norman Lear and Seth MacFarlane to make a reimagined animated Good Time series. Uh, Norman says, we can't think of anything better at this time in our culture than a reimagining of Good Times animated. In a year filled with darkness, this is one bright light that we won't soon forget. Uh, for those of you who do not know, the original series, which was a spin-off of the TV show Maud, followed the Evans family throughout the 1970s from their home in a public housing project in inner city Chicago. Florida James Evans, portrayed by Esther Roll and John Amos, raised their three children, James Jr., who was J.J., uh, Jimmy Walker, uh, Thelma, which is Bern Nadette Santis, Santis, S-T-A-N-I-S, Santis, Santis, sorry, sorry, Bernadette. Um, just give up, man, <laughs> just, just move on. And Michael Ralph Carter. Uh, to live in an honest and hardworking life, the show tackled commentary on social issues, including drug use, teen pregnancy, and racial inequality. Um, I used to love Good Times. I thought it was a hilarious show. And I remember that um, when uh, John Amos, the father, had died in the show, spoilers, Mm. I thought, because I was a kid at the time, that the actor had really died as opposed to just him leaving the show. So yeah. it blew my mind when I saw him show up in Die Hard uh, Part 2. I was like, oh, he's not dead. Die <laughs> Hard. awesome. Uh, you guys, uh, did you guys ever watch Good Times? I, no, it was, it was a little bit before me. And I've, I've watched a lot of old television. But I find it funny that, okay, Good Times was a spinoff from Maude, and Maude was a spinoff from All in the Family. And was, wasn't the Jeffersons also a spinoff from All in the Family? Yes, it was. Uh, Norman all in the Family probably was like the biggest spinoff of all time. Yeah, and, and then, of course, there was a sequel of Archie's Place. Um, yeah. Norman Lear... With John Amos, if I'm not mistaken, as the yeah. lead. And Norman Lear was like just a genius of being able to produce these shows, I think, for ABC. And he, like, I think he had half the lineup on ABC at one point. Yeah. And what was really great, there's a great documentary that T PBS did about Norman Lear. And like at the height of everything, he's just like, I'm done. And he walks away. Yeah. He, and he's still like, going. And he's he's like, still going. He's like 185 by now. Yeah. It's him and uh, Betty White. are the two ones that are just, still going. Well, there can be only one. So mm -hmm. one day we'll see them. They're going to have a lightsaber duel? No, they're going to have a katana duel. Oh, Don't forget, okay. though, about Keith Richards. <laughs> they say every celebrity that dies, Keith Richards absorbs their power. All right. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, where, did you ever watch uh, Good Times, Jen? No, but I'm looking forward for the, the new version where they're going to talk about drug use, hydrochloroquine, remdesivir. Maybe they'll talk about social issues like whose gender is it anyway? Masks on or masks off? Pregnancy? Abortions at eight months or none allowed at all? <laughs> you are having uh, <laughs> way too much fun with this. Yeah, I mean, you know, someone's huh. going to identify as a rainbow on the show and then people are going to get upset because uh, other people don't accept rainbow people and see them as a real race. So these are the things I'm sure we'll talk about in the 2020 version, no? But the views and opinions and <laughs> of the people on this show do not necessarily reflect those of this radio station. What I find interesting is that as a kid watching it, I was able to appreciate for what it was. I thought it was hilarious. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, they're really talking about all these issues that were happening at the time. So I didn't even realize that it was just normal stuff. So I, I think it's going to be a good uh, combination of that. And then, of course, the raunchy humor that right. Seth MacFarlane is known for. 
there, there is something to be said about really good writing that allows you to enjoy it on a simple level of being a kid. And then when you come back to it as an adult, you realize, oh my God, they were talking about some serious stuff. Like you, you could see that even in cartoons like Animani- Animaniacs. And yes. there was another one that was all about history that used to be out there. That hysteria. Like, hysteria, yeah. And they would throw in like really like real serious adult things, but they did it in such a way that the adults got it, the kids didn't, and no one was offended. Yeah. Back so, in the 90s when no one was offended. So we have probably like 30 seconds left, so we're going to do a final thought before we take our break. So Dominic, final thought? Man, you got to give me more time to prepare my final thought. Um, my final thought. All right. This is the way and I have spoken. Jen, final thought? 10 seconds or less? The fact that you're offended offends me. <laughs> Your offense is offended. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so I don't have a final thought because we're going to continue the show. So uh, thanks, everybody, for coming in. We're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with It Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. And now get ready for Joker War from DC Comics. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 2 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel DC image or independent comics, comic book supplies, back issues, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. Thank you and stay safe. Now, back to our show. And welcome back. Here we came from the radio, the official Diva Gabacon. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me, we have a... Uh, a special guest for me because it is a former co-host of our show for those long-time listeners good job you guys paying attention it is none other than from rogue wave we're going to find out if he's the rogue or is he the wave is none other than hassan godwin hello i am the dot at the end of the wave so it's the rogue w-a-v as a wave file and i'm the little dot at the end of the wave so how does one get to be the dot It's hard work. It's really, you know, it's a lot of college and, you know, uh, special schools and weightlifting and some service in the Foreign Legion. There's a lot of, there's a lot involved. You wouldn't want to do it. You wouldn't. It's not, it's not for you. I don't think. It's not for me or it's not for our listeners. I don't think it's for anybody. I really don't think it's for anyone. I think no one would, no one would do what I've done to get here. No one. Okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the rogue? Is it the rogue wave, or is it just rogue wave? It's rogue wave. It is a. It is the official podcast of Rogue Matter, a website which is a media website for various different forms of entertainment, including comic books and uh, video games. That it is just revving up. It will be dropping uh, officially October, Ooh. and uh, we are we are a a substantial part of it we are not we are not the biggest part of it but we are a substantial part of it we are we are the tip of the spear we're the probe that the armies send forward to survey new territory before the main party of the army comes through so you're the sacrificial lamb yes but we are the fools that get shot first (laughs) that's our that's our thing 
So, the, so you were on the show for a long time, a long time yes. ago. Yes. I so why did you decide to go and be rogue and have a better show? Uh, show. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Your show has been around since, I don't know, God set fire to the sun, right? <laughs> been, okay. Our so, first show was... Um, 2003, I believe it was right after the Daredevil movie came out. The the the, the first right. Daredevil movie came out. Yes, yes, the Ben Affleck, the yes. crazy Ben Affleck, before Ben Affleck, before Daredevil was Batman. <laughs> yes, we, we were around since before Daredevil became Batman. That was our very um, first show. Wow, <laughs> that was a special night for me, as you know, because yes. uh, some some various things happened that same evening. Um. Look, I didn't leave to, to, to join a better show. I, I mostly left because it was getting very difficult to do. It came from the radio because of the location uh, that, that uh, you guys had switched to. And uh, it was, it was kind of hard for me to get there. And um, the, also the time that you were doing the show, um, I was still you know, commuting home from work. You were doing, I think you were doing it like Mondays at 5 p.m. at that time. You're recording, <laughs> so it was very, it was very difficult for me to. Well, it's so funny. It's, it was very difficult. I'm like, for me. I have no idea. We moved around so much. It was. Yeah, crazy. I know, I know. But at that time, it was just very difficult for me to be part of the show. And um, at the same time, Michael Dolce, who who uh, at the time had a show called uh, Secrets of the Sire, who I love to call after, the Sire guy. So you call him Sire Guy, yes, all the time. And I'm like, you, you know his name is Michael, right? And you're like, yep, Sire Guy. So that's basically how that went. So I stopped shout trying out to, to Sire Guy. It. Yes, shout, shout out to Michael Dolce, Sire Guy. Um, and of course, the Sire is uh, his, his independent comic book, which he's, uh, which he's did, uh, just kickstarted again. He's doing another substantial iteration of it or a continuation of, of it. And it's, it was a successful kickstart. So, I mean, he's doing really well with that. So he named this podcast after that. And he had done it, he had done it alone for over a year. And uh, something dawned on him or someone told him, he was like, maybe you should get a co-host so you could have someone to talk to while you're going through your daily motions of uh, talking about the news and finding out topics and things like that. So he would, he went looking for a co-host so that he, he could look a little less insane talking to talking at another head in, instead of uh, just kind of rambling about things himself. Right. Cause, okay. uh, cause he was doing a pretty good job on, on his own, but he wanted someone to, I, I think he just wanted someone to fill the seat so he could talk at them. <laughs> and, uh, and it was happening in New York City, which was a little closer than, than Long Island, you know, a little closer to where I was living than, right. than Long Island, which where you were recording, uh, it came from the radio. So I, I, I don't, I don't want to call it jump ship, you know, because it technically never left because I'm still part of the staff of it came from the radio. You got to emphasize Seth, staff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's true. My, uh, yes, my, it's my staff. My, my, my staff. <laughs> yes, you know, I'm still part of your staff. 
because ironically, whoever is going to cut this show together um, is going is going to be is is one of the two of us right now speaking, and uh, it's going to be the the kind of weird and awkward uh, position of listening to himself uh, <laughs> talk while cutting the show together. So and fans of the show hint, knows. No, no that I have no technology knowledge whatsoever. No, none whatsoever. You also refer to this particular person as our poor editor every time <laughs> someone says something that they're not like supposed to say. more work. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, poor guy. I can admit <laughs> Yeah, and then you send the files with this like elaborate uh, <laughs> uh, blueprint of of instructions of how to cut the show together and which time signatures or whatever, and which parts of the show to enhance and which parts of the show to fade out. And that poor person, whomever he may be, <laughs> is always like, "What or the she. heck?" <laughs> yes, or she, whoever he. Or, or she, she, maybe. Who's on my uh, staff? <laughs> yes, who is on your staff? Crazy, uh, crazy. So yeah, technically, I've never left the show. Okay. Uh, if if I were to be in some way affiliated with that other guy, that's right. that's all. I'm okay. So yeah. That's, so, that's the, the... so I guess the question is, why yeah. did you decide to be on a radio show in the first place? Because you didn't decide. Now. Be... Well, actually, now I... three, right? You've done three. Uh, I've done three. I'm doing also Cinementals with Steve Hovicki. That is primarily a podcast. It's a it's audio. It, you can find it at anywhere uh, that you get your podcast. It's called Cinemental. Myself, uh, Stephen Hovicki, and it's it's his show. And uh, Latham Conger, the third, we talk about movies. We have a guest on, and we just basically gush about movies for a couple of hours. Like it's it's really. It's really intense movie discussion stuff. Okay, you pull it apart. You pull it apart, put it back together. Something like that, you know, or, or we wonder why we were watching said movie in the first place. <laughs> There's been a couple of moments like that also. All right. And uh, yeah, so I was part of that. But here's the thing. I wasn't part of any radio show in the beginning, and I didn't want to have anything to do in any radio shows and stuff like that. And I got a phone call one day from some, some guy. <laughs> yeah, what's his name? What is his name? Mark. Something Spanish, Mark something. Anyway, and he Gonzalez. he was like, "Hey, huh? Gonzalez? Yes, <laughs> yes Mark Gonzalez, Mark <laughs> Gonzalez Rodriguez." And he De La Sus. He, yeah. <laughs> and he said, "Mr. De La Sus was on the phone, and he said, uh, I 'I'm doing a radio show, and I want you to be a part of my radio show with me.'" And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, that sounds like a great idea, Mark." Uh, Gonzalez uh, Rodriguez de la Suz. And uh, I'll talk to you later because you're full of crap, man. There's no way you're having a radio show. So, you know, I'll just, I'll just yes you to death and then just get off the phone and then go back about my business. And that was a couple of months before um, th there was actually going to be a show. <laughs> and so I had just said yes, just as a whim. You hung up. Oh, no, no, excuse me. This person, Mark... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Gonzalez Rodriguez de la, de la Rosa Sousa uh, <laughs> yeah. Ramirez. Um, he hung up the phone and uh, then called me maybe about a week before said show, the, the debut of said show, which was, at the time was called The Comic Novice. I comic believe book novice. the comic book novice. Okay. See, even I forgot the, the actual technical name of it. 
And he said, uh, hey, you ready? Because we're going. We're going to do this show. And I'm like, wait, what? What show? I, didn't, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he, he, went, he proceeded to explain to me, yes, I told you about this about a month ago. I said we were going to do a radio show. I said you wanted, I wanted you to co-host with me. And uh, the time is coming, fast approaching, that uh, we are to show up at the studio to do our first show. And you're supposed to be part of it. So I hope you're ready. I hope you got your badge packed and toothbrush and everything else so that we can get this uh, show on the road. Uh, uh, no pun intended. And I was like, uh, uh, I got a thing to do that day because I don't want to be on a radio because <laughs> I'm really introverted and shy and I don't want to hear my, I don't want to, I thought the entire ordeal was going to be so, so difficult that I was going to have a hard time not swearing. I was going to have a hard time, uh, you know, like consolidating my thoughts and trying to sound semi-intelligent. And I was just so terrified of the whole thing that I, was, I tried to worm out of it. And uh, Mark uh, De La Sousse, uh, Rodriguez, Ramirez, uh, Villalobos, uh, Fabersham said to me, uh, no, you got to be there. And here's how it's going to happen. Here's where it's supposed to be. And I need you to be there. And so we drove all the way out. This was way out there too, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, where was that the location of that first Originally studio? Originally it was in Freeport in Long Island. Freeport, yeah. But for me... That was a substantial jump to get out there by car. And uh, I remember that street didn't even really have parking. It was, a, it was a fake street. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> it was really strange. And then we did that first show. That was a crazy, it was a crazy day. I won't go into the personal stuff that made that day crazy, but that was also a crazy day. So by the time I showed up, because I had gone through so many, so many things uh, that earlier that day, uh, I was so out of it that I didn't, the last thing I was worried about was like being on a show. So it, that, that kind of got me through it. The, the, our debut show, because I was, I was kind of semi deranged by the time we had started recording that show. So it was, it was, a, that was a surreal situation. And my God, Mark, you are coming up on 20 years. Yeah. From that we're, getting, we're getting there. It's two, yeah. Like I said, 2003. So that's 17. We're 17 years. Yeah. Four more years, there. man. Getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. That is, uh, that is significant, so, man. That's seminal. So look so, at it this way. You've gone from being Hassan to radio personality, Hassan Godwin. <laughs> and all I'm this not time. radio personality. You are, you are a radio personality. You've done three shows, two of which you're on right now. A lot of people. That, look, you've done, you've done hundreds of shows. Yeah, but you, I've only done one show. You've, done but you've been on other shows. You've That's guested true. on other shows. You I guested have. on the Sire Guy show on, yes, when it was Secrets of the Sire, when he was doing true. the show alone. That is true. Which is, which is kind of how I got that job. <laughs> so... Because we guessed it there together, so I mean, you've you've covered quite a bit of ground, sir. You know, yes. don't do not downplay yourself. I'm happy where I am. I, I but this I love is about the shows. you. This yeah, is I know. Your I know. interview, and we're I, almost I out love, of time. I, I know. I love Rogue Wave. I love Cinementals. I I enjoy it immensely. I like the. I like my co-hosts. I like I like Michael and Steve and and Latham and uh, and I liked very much being a co-host on your show. I I do miss it. You know. Um, and and Charlie and and uh, the various uh, rogues gallery of <laughs> of rotating, fellow rotating. of fellow hosts that you've had at the time, who've all pretty much been iconic and great. 
Um, it's a long history, that show. Um, and I'm really proud to have been part of it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good where I am. You know, like, I don't really need to be a, a radio show personality. I just need to sound semi intelligent, you know, semi coherent when I when I speak on the microphone. And because of all, you know, all that time ago, almost 20 years ago, that first night, at, all the way to here, I can pretty much, uh, you know, use my voice correctly so that I can be understood when I'm talking. And I'm, I'm really happy that uh, I was able to, to get my sturdy sea legs on, on the uh, job training. That's what it on the job about. training before it became, it, it came from the radio yes. um, all the way into that point. That was, those are great years really great years. So we are almost out of time, like super almost out of time. So it's a uh, social wow. media time. Where can people find out more about you? Talk to you. Uh, talk, learn about the two shows. Nobody can talk websites. to me. Don't ever, <laughs> never speak to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> never talk to me. Um, there, I, I can be found at uh, HSG Godwin on, on Twitter. Um, I, we can be found on the Rogue Matter uh, website. Um, there's also uh, Rogue Wave also has a Facebook page, which actually we, we kind of broadcast out of. We, we, go out, we go live out of that every week. Um, Cinementals can be found on anywhere you get podcasts from. It, it drops every Friday. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. I don't, I don't have a robust uh, media profile. I am on those shows and I am on Twitter uh, occasionally. And usually I just I hang around Twitter and like things. I just hit like a lot. So that is, <laughs> that is my robust uh, 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 you know, social media profile right there. All right. So um, you, know, you have 30 seconds or less for a final thought before we take our break. Uh, so you have any uh, final words for us out there? Yeah, I got a final thought. It's one of my favorites. I really hope that this is not my final thought. That's my final thought. All right. Um, uh, my, since my, I have like 15 seconds left, uh, final thought oh. is thank you for being a guest on the show. Really appreciate you having you back on the opposite side of the microphone. Yeah, um, you're always welcome back freaky. anytime you are able to. And much continued success with your re- media personality being a, a personality throughout the ages. So oh, thank you very much. And much continued success to the guy who cuts your show together on yeah, a regular basis. The, the member of your staff. Staff. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck to that guy. So <laughs> he he deserves a raise, by the way. I'm just letting you know. He so, talked to me the other night. <laughs> so we're going to uh, take our break and we'll be right back with It Came from the Radio. What's up, guys? This is Kari Payton. And you're listening to It Came from the Radio. So keep listening. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on breads, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631 606 8166. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Burden Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about the season, Skin Wars. I mean, not season, the show. season, the show. <laughs> what do you mean, season? I guess there's a bunch of seasons, I'm sure. There's only three, actually, but it's really an amazing show. Like, some of the artists are so talented. So this is this is uh it's called Skin Wars. It's about body painting, right? Yeah, and they could 
they basically have challenges like create an illusion or like make it look like the model isn't there when the model actually is there. It's so it's like a camouflage thing. Like they could hide in a wall or something. Yeah, like they could look like the wall, but not yeah. really be the wall. That's kind of cool. I haven't seen any of this at all, but it looks like <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Romaine is in this, and I RuPaul know RuPaul Charles is one of the main judges. RuPaul, okay, she's one of the main things, and she does that drag queen show, right? Yeah. Okay. RuPaul is amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm glad you like her. I we we didn't. I don't really watch this show, so you're gonna have to say like, what are some of the art pieces of art that they these guys do? Or well. Girls? You're given different challenges. So, for example, say you have to make the model go underwater and the paint has to stay on their skin and they have to look like a sea creature. Yeah, I got it. So like a mermaid, I think, is one concept somebody did. And um, since Rebecca Romaine is actually um, hosting the show, I believe somebody was Mystique, right, from the X-Men. And I think because she was yeah. Mystique. Right? Oh, Did wow. you know that? No, I didn't know that. You didn't know? Yeah, she was the original Mystique. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. So they uh, they did one of her, I believe, from what I what I saw. And also another, uh, sorry. No. Go <laughs> also ahead. another thing that they did was they had to paint. They had to they have to partner up and they have to paint a mural on the say three models. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> That's they have to cool. put them in a certain position and. So how does that, like, the models are able to stay together in that They have shape? to take breaks. They have to take breaks? Yeah. Wow, that sounds like a pretty crazy show. Yeah, because once you're in a hard, because if you're in a hard position, it's yeah. hard to stay in that. Right. Yeah. I gotcha. I mean, would you say this is a pretty, yeah, I mean, I see butterfly, people are, are painting as butterflies. Yeah. and There or... was a per person who uh, painted five models and it made it look like it was a giant skull that can move their eyes, but it was really uh, two models' heads. It was... Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's kind of freaky. I guess you guys got to really take a look at the show because it looks like they even do like Day of the Dead type paintings and on people. It sounds like a pretty cool reality show. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> that, that's good. I mean, I'm not huge into reality shows, but this one sounds well, pretty good. Well, it wasn't good. really a reality show. It was well, it's a contest, a... right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of... Well, it's a contest. It's like Project yeah. Runway or something like that. Yeah. They, right? And I, I remember the one where they used to do... Um... Oh, one time they painted drag queens. That was a good episode. That was a good episode? <laughs> okay. I watch yeah. it with my mom. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I saw ones that had, like, Dave Navarro, and he was... Um, he was with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and, and oh, was it Chili Peppers? No, I think he, maybe he was with um, Jane's Addiction. Anyway, so he was um, he was doing a tattoo art con contest. So they would just actually have people who they would call a blank person with just no tattoo on it a canvas, and then these oh, people yeah, would try. Oh yeah, that's what some people. Yeah. So they call the people a canvas, and then they. Do their yeah. artwork on it, no matter how bad it is or how good it is. Oh, God. Oh, wait, I heard of that. Oh, it's terrible. Some of those tattoos were the worst. <laughs> You're like, what happened here, you know? It's like, why would you want someone else to tattoo something, like, their art on you that'll be permanent on you forever? Well, they, it was a free tattoo, I think, for these people. Oh. So, so they, uh, and you, you're in the contest, so it's kind of cool, and you get to get the, your vision kind of made if they do a good job. 
Otherwise, yeah, I guess hopefully. you have to. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you have to get. Do it you fixed. get to choose which part of the body it's on? Yeah, like, you get to choose anything. You so know? the models are just like, okay, do whatever. Yeah, it's just like an everyday person. And you're like, I want like an eagle on my back. Huh. And then they'll do it. And if the eagle's good, then great. If not, then oops. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you'd recommend Skin Wars? Uh, definitely. It's on Netflix. All right, another Netflix show to check out. Um, all right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. See you later. Hey, I'm Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocked. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio! Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. So, this week's pick of the week is an interesting book that comes from the UK and was sort of translated to for American audiences and it's called Spooks uh, Volume 1 The Fall of Babylon um, it's fascinating because it's a turn of the century turn of the last century into uh, the 20th century tale and it mixes mystery and the occult and um, a fascinating time period in America and uh, in the East Coast let me read to you the summation from the back of the book 1901, members of the East Coast elite have died under mysterious circumstances. To investigate this delicate problem, Richard Clayton, against the wishes of the President of the United States, calls upon a man named Morton Chapel for his unorthodox methods and peculiar associates. As they begin to uncover strange, vanishing marks on people's bodies, unexplained changes in behavior, and hints of widespread corruption, the team reforms around the name Ulysses S. Grant himself gave it years earlier, his specialists in the odd and the occult, his spooks. Uh, interesting name. Let me also read to you from Slings and Arrows graphic novel guide. Another wealthy industrialist, Harvey Dawson, guns down his beloved wife. They're made and turns the gun on himself. Other industrialists and wealthy men are dying violently under mysterious circumstances, and Clayton believes there is a connection between these deaths. When his employer, the U.S. president, dismisses his claims, he takes matters into his own hands. There's a man he's used before on mysterious cases, a man who gets things done by any means. Morton Chapel, an Englishman living in the States with a penchant for foolong tea and a closet full of skeletons, is that man. Financed by Clayton and given carte blanche, he assembles a ragtag team to investigate. What does Senator and industrial, industrialist Lennox know about the death? Why are all the dead men members of the elite and secretive century club? 
what is the meaning of the mysterious symbol that connects the dead as bodies pile up shadowy figures work to bring chaos and a new world order this is a race against time for chapel and his specialists in the odd and occult the spooks spooks is an ambitious story scripted by fabian nuri and xavier dorison fusing the supernatural and spy thriller genres together with politics a hit series in europe its six volumes weave secret societies sinister occultists violent historical events and paranoid conspiracy theories together the fall of babylon introduces a large cast and lays the series foundation several characters feature throughout others less so but are a central part of some narratives so it, it's a very interesting book to read it's definitely not for kids definitely for uh, adults to read it's short it's a little wordy in the dialogue but they're trying to cram a lot in and trying to do it well the characters in my opinion are, are pretty interesting especially morton chapel who kind of to me represents or reminds me of like a cross between um val kilmer's doc holiday in tombstone i'm your huckleberry and jeremy brett's classic sherlock holmes my mind rebels at stagnation give me problems give me work Give me the most abstruse cryptogram, the most intricate analysis, and I'm in my proper atmosphere. One of the things that I love that's almost a character in of itself in the book is the era. It's in 1901, America and the East Coast, specifically New York and Long Island. And being a Long Islander, of course, I, I find that fascinating. Um, they do mention the president. At this point in time, it's McKinley with a very young uh and brash vice president serving right underneath who you may have heard of theodore roosevelt 26th president of these united states of america at your service just a side point teddy roosevelt is one of my favorite presidents of all time um thought he was a great man great president great innovator of many things um really interesting book really looking forward to reading the next uh volume of it to see how everything turns out definitely had me hooked if you're interested in things that are historical slightly political uh certainly supernatural and mysterious this is definitely going to be a book that you're going to want to try and pick up and enjoy reading the art style is gorgeous in my opinion i love this kind of uh super realistic way of drawing and 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 doing art in comics. It's not typical superhero comic book stuff. The anatomy of the drawings is very natural, not really super jacked. Uh, everyone looks like a human being. It almost appears to me like it was done with uh, almost watercolor or ink coloring, um, which makes each one of these panels almost like a little mini portrait or... Uh, watercolor painting to some degree but it's beautifully drawn beautifully illustrated um and what makes it even more impressive is that it's all done by christian rossi one person who drew and did all the color work um which is no easy feat no easy feat at all and and he did an amazing job it also kind of reminds me a bit of league of extraordinary gentlemen 
done by um, Alan Moore. It's the first book is definitely the assembling the team kind of a book, and it almost feels like I'm watching television. In fact, it ends with uh, end of the episode, and there's definitely a feel like we're assembling the team, we're getting the band together, um, or obviously getting the band back together. Putting the band back together. Which, of course, is a classic trope. One thing that I particularly like is that they introduce you to all the characters before the story starts in a little thing that they have in the, uh, I guess, page zero, you could call it. So here you have Morton Chapel, a complicated man. He might have been content with being English and a connoisseur of Fulong tea, and yet the head spook is as skilled in the study of the occult as he is at handling a Schofield model Smith & Wesson. Then you have the other characters, Joey Bishop, a sharpshooter and the team's veritable killing machine. He fears only one thing, his feelings for Catherine Lennox. Bart Trumbull, an enforcer so burly and imposing that some people tend to forget Bart also has a brain and a heart, and yet both are in perfect working order. Catherine Lennox, the daughter of an immensely wealthy Republican senator, she could have settled for the peaceful life offered to a young woman, except that Catherine Lennox, a psychiatrist trained by Freud, isn't the kind to meekly follow the beaten path. Angel Salavage, this Catholic Indian learned in exorcism, learned in exorcism rituals, is one of the few people to know Morton Chapel well, and he's been a member of the team for years. And then finally, Richard Clayton, sponsor and commander of the Spooks. He takes orders directly from the President of the United States. The only thing as strong as his cynicism is his ability to adapt. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the A-Team. I love it when a plan comes together. And there is a certain sense um, from that they're like looking at America from a European perspective, of course, and have their own sort of criticisms about it and our history and so on and so forth. But it's enjoyable. It's an enjoyable read. Uh, it's a great way to kill a quick half hour to an hour uh, during these trying times, of course. Um, and I definitely recommend that you pick it up. You can find it easily on Amazon. I don't think you're going to find it um, pretty much anywhere else right now. So you want to look it up. It's S-P-O-O-K-S, The Fall of Babylon. Okay, so Spooks, number one, The Fall of Babylon. Look it up on Amazon. It'll be very easy for you to find. Um, and I hope you enjoy it. I found it pretty fun and entertaining. And if you're inter interested in like the occult and historical and mystery, it's definitely going to be something that's going to be fun for you to read. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Logic clearly dictates that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. Hi, this is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th century, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, then you can take
Lucky stars for not losing an hour of your life. Go to www.itcamefromrio.com. Listen to the archives, which will be up in a week or so. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a YouTube page. Also, check us out on btdradio.com. And we'll see you next week. And remember, if you're not laughing, you're not living. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.